The following podcast has been paid for by Perch on the Top Rope. like to send our thoughts and condolences to the friends and family of Scott Hall. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I am your host, Lee Walker, and this is the WrestleMania Raw Recap. Yes, everything leading to WrestleMania week must have WrestleMania in it, so that way there, you the fans... Don't forget that it's WrestleMania week, apparently. And from what we saw on Raw, they made it very noticeable. Uh, However, this wasn't really Raw. This was a hell of a lot more of Monday Night SmackDown. As a lot of SmackDown superstars were on the show tonight. But let's get right into it, folks. The first match of the night is Rey Mysterio taking on The Miz, of course. The Miz had his son Dominic by his side, while The Miz had Logan Paul. Rey Mysterio ends up beating The Miz. This was a great opening match to to open Raw with. You know, we're definitely seeing some good work between the Mysterio family, Miz and Logan Paul. I, for one, am excited to see The Mysterio's take on The Miz and Logan Paul, because I'm interested to see what Logan Paul can do in a professional wrestling ring. After that match, we have Vince McMahon and Seth Rollins. Earlier in the week, Seth Rollins leaked a tweet from Vince McMahon that had said uh, Vince wanted him at his office so that they could talk about things. So, we get to see what actually happens on Monday Night Raw. Seth walks in, and it kind of seemingly seems like Vince is kind of ignoring him at first as he's going, "Uh, Hey, Vince. Hey, Mr. McMahon. Nothing. Finally, there's acknowledgement. Seth sits down. Seth puts his feet up on Vince McMahon's desk, and Vince looks at him right away. And uh, tells him to get his feet off the desk, which Seth obliges. Vince McMahon says, Seth frickin' Rollins, you're going to WrestleMania. Opponent is my choosing, and you'll know who your opponent is when you're in the ring. Seth asked who the opponent was. That was the answer that Vince gave him. However... Seth starts dancing around the office. He's just excited he's going to WrestleMania. Got to listen to that annoying voice of his. I'm sorry. It is it is what it is. I found it real interesting. At the end, uh, Seth jumps on Vince's desk and starts dancing. And let me tell you something. He dropped it like it's hot. Dropped it like it's hot. <laughs> It was a good segment. It was real interesting to see. So at at WrestleMania, we do know that Seth Rollins will be part of WrestleMania with an opponent of Vince's choosing. 
I don't want to spoil it or anything, like it's the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes or anything like that, but uh, just saying. We do know that Cody has signed with WWE. We are aware that it, this is most likely the match that we are going to get. And what a hell of a way to be brought in than having Vince McMahon introduce you at WrestleMania. Cody's a great worker. Seth is a phenomenal worker. Even though I'm not a personal fan of Seth Rollins, it's probably more of his voice. He is a great wrestler, but I, I'm just not a fan. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Our next match is Omos taking on the Viking Raiders in a two-on-one handicap match. And man, the only thing I have to say is, my, how the Viking Raiders have fallen. They came in hot in this company, and WWE has been so hot and cold with them. I'm actually going to get sick because I can't deal with these temperature changes that, that they have. These guys are a phenomenal tag team. I feel bad that this happened. Uh, the Viking Raiders would lose by countout, but it looked as though more of Eric took a bad bump to the head, and I think that they protected Eric, so they, they did a countout. The week before, we heard Omos, Omos wanted a... Uh, a match at WrestleMania said that that's what was going to happen. And in comes the almighty Bobby Lashley. They stare at each other, you know, the whole look at the sign, this and that. So, just as Fightful reported, it will be Bobby Lashley versus Omos at WrestleMania. We go backstage to a fun little segment involving the 24-7 championship. Now, a lot of fans have kind of grown uh, tired of the 24-7 championship, especially with the way the storylines have been going lately for this title. Now, I, for one, I enjoy R-Truth in some of these uh, promo skits, I guess, as you can call them. So, we see Reggie and Dana, and they're talking, and Reggie says that this has been a long time coming. He gets down on a knee, and oh boy, love is in the air. La 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 love, la 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 love. He proposes. Dana says yes. The first thing I looked for was a wedding ring because Dana is actually engaged outside of this storyline in real life. Reggie pulls the ring out and I can't help but wonder is that engagement ring her actual engagement ring or did they just say uh, yeah, use this. You know, like um, toy jewelry or fake jewelry or something, but uh, I'm willing to bet that it's her real engagement ring that he had in her hand, in his hand. So, after, of course, it being the 24-7 championship, there's people chasing after them. It's Tamina, 
and it's Akira Tozawa. Tamina tries to get a roll-up pin on Dana. She doesn't get the pin. Reggie, like, picks her up and then picks Dana up, and they take off. Here comes Akira Tozawa in a suit, saying that he had heard and seen Reggie propose, so you know what's coming. That's right. Akira Tozawa also gets on a knee and proposes to Tamina. Now, she's been a little intimidating to Akira throughout this whole thing that I have actually really enjoyed. It's been pretty comical, to be honest with you. He he asks, and she goes, what do you think? And of course, he had like kind of a little fear in his eyes. And she puts her hand out for him to put the ring on her finger. Now, it took some trying, because it seemingly seems like the ring wasn't the right size. This was a fun skit after we see them walk off, and then we see our truth watching with binoculars with a referee. You guys can feel however you want about the 24-7 championship and the storylines. I, for one, love our truth He is a great, great in-ring worker. And he is phenomenal, phenomenal with a microphone. So since love is in the air, and we're seeing these couples bide for the 24-7 championship, R-Truth makes uh, a comment about being a minister. So could we get one wedding? Could we get two weddings? We already know that Corey and Carmella are engaged. If that's the case and Corey can come back to wrestling, could we see the 24-7 championship be a couples-only chase? Now, I'm saying this jokingly. I know that's what's not actually going to happen. But how funny would it be? You have a title dedicated to just married couples within the company. Some of you are probably saying, no, this sounds like a dumb idea. WWE is going to WWE. And for that, I could see that happening. Again, I'm saying this jokingly, fans. Anyway, again, it was just a joke. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what happened with the 24-7 championship tonight. Dana Brooke is still the 24-7 champion. But now, we have two newly engaged couples and la-la-la-la-love, la-la-la-la-love. Love is in the air, folks. We cut back to a Roman Reigns promo in the ring where it is pointed out that there's only four people who have held the championship Longer than Roman Reigns at this point. They point out Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Bruno San Martino. Having all held the WWE or in their times WWF championship. Longer than him. Michael Cole also points out. This was an interesting fact I thought. And I didn't know about it. Roman Reigns has not been pinned since November 
2019. That is absolutely crazy, in my opinion. But if you want to build a monster heal, they've done it. Everyone always complains, Roman is this, Roman is that. He's like a modern-day John Cena. Well, guess what? Everything that you're saying is exactly what WWE wants. Because you talking like that just gets Roman over more and more each week. Whether you're in a Facebook group or you're tweeting about it, everything that you're saying is exactly what WWE wants. You're giving them what they want, not what you want. So Roman cuts this promo. Uh, Another thing I found interesting was this WrestleMania, as they stated on WrestleMania Raw, this will be the sixth main event for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania that currently has him in second place for most main events at WrestleMania. There's one person ahead of him. They did not mention who that was on air because really Michael Cole didn't have the facts right. Roman Reigns is making his sixth WrestleMania main event appearance. There's actually two other people ahead of him. One of them is Triple H with seven main event WrestleManias. So who is the other? Well, folks, I think it's pretty obvious, but I am a real American. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan has eight, that's right, eight main events at WrestleMania with a 7-to-1 win-loss ratio, where currently Triple H will end at 7 as he is now retired with a 3-and-4 win-loss record as a main event at WrestleMania. And when it comes to Roman Reigns, currently with his five appearances, he's only 3-2 and two with a win-loss record for currently his five main event run appearances at WrestleMania. So, thank you, Michael Cole, for not having the facts right. I'll correct you on Twitter, by the way. Anyway, it was an interesting fact. They said there was only one, but really there's two. Maybe that's why they didn't bring it up on air. Who knows? So, Roman does this promo. It was it was an alright promo, and like I said, if you don't like Roman, it means he's doing his job. I think the bloodline is the best thing that WWE has right now. You can't tell me otherwise. Anyway, we see a uh, photo shoot with the women's tag team champions as Queen Zelina and Carmella are backstage doing a little photo shoot. Zelina's using that annoying British accent like she's King Baka. But uh, it's so bad in my eyes. I just, I can't. So, the Queen of Spades and the Queen of Hearts interrupt but they're a tag team tonight as they are in a eight women tag match as they took on 
Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Sasha Banks, and Naomi, the other teams that are going to be involved in the fatal four-way women's tag team championship match. Now, Rhea, Liv, Sasha, and Naomi would win the match, but I'm not going to lie, I really, really liked the teaming of the Queen of Spades and the Queen of Hearts, Shayna Baszler, and Natalia Nightheart. Now, one thing that was interesting about all of this that Fightful Select reported was the fact that TJ Wilson was back. He's been absent for quite a few months when it comes to producing for WWE as Molly Holly, Sean Devari have seemingly took his spot for a little while while he was gone. Why was he gone? We don't know. We just know that he wasn't there. There was rumors and rumblings that he was frustrated and this and that and that he's been training for back to get in the ring and whatnot. Only time will tell if that actually happens. There was some great commentary in this match, though, and I have to quote it. So Corey Graves goes, that's my beautiful fiance. Byron Saxon goes, she looks horrible with that mask. And Michael Cole hits him. Why would you say that about someone's fiance? The commentary tonight was gold. You have to go back and listen. It was so funny. I couldn't help but laugh when I was hearing this stuff. And then when the match ended and and we see that Rhea, Liv, Sasha, and Naomi win the match, Michael Cole kept going over to Carmella, who was being consoled by her fiancé, Corey Graves. And Michael goes, Carmella, you lost. And of course, you know, Corey fires back, Shut up, Cole! Again, the banter on commentary was funny tonight. For whatever reason, it kind of reminded me of like a JR with Jim Ross from the Attitude Era. But it also reminded me a little bit of Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. Now, I know it's a far stretch to compare the commentary team of Corey Graves, Michael Cole, Jeff Smith, and Byron Saxton because it was a four four man team tonight because they were doing a like pretty much a dual branded show, but it was heavily 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 smackdown based. So, our next match, and I'm very very disgusted with this. I don't know why this had to happen. But Austin Theory takes on the Intercontinental Champion, Ricochet. Now, I'm sure you're asking yourselves at home, why was I not happy about this match? Well, it's real, real simple. It was a squash match. It was a squash match that the Intercontinental Champion did not win. Now, if you've heard me in the past... I've asked about the credibility of WWE when it comes to the Intercontinental Championship. Right now, this title has little to no relevancy. It means nothing to WWE right now. Why do I say that? 
well, why would you have your Intercontinental Champion in a squash match under three minutes where he gets his ass handed to him by Austin Theory, who's taking on Pat McAfee at WrestleMania? I'm disappointed, to be honest with you. Uh, when I was a kid, the Intercontinental Championship was very prestigious. Cody worked hard to make it better. The Miz really worked at it to make it better. This design on this championship is as ugly as ugly can be. It's I I, mean, I don't know how else to refer to it as. It's just an ugly belt. I feel bad for Ricochet. I am sure he's happy that he's the Intercontinental Champion. But the title means nothing. And a matter of fact, it's not even being defended at WrestleMania 38. It's being defended in a triple threat match on SmackDown. Against Angel Garza and Humberto. It's terrible. I'm sorry. Does the Intercontinental Championship mean nothing anymore? Because that's how it feels. You can't find a spot on the WrestleMania card. That's sad. I'm sorry. But there's a lot of fans out there that are also saying that they don't want to see it on the WrestleMania card because it means nothing. And to me, that's sad also. That title should mean something. And it doesn't. And as I say, WWE is going to WWE. But moving on as we go with WWE, the commentary team talks about Triple H and his retirement, having to retire from the ring as he announced it on ESPN. And Michael Cole referred to it as, the game is over for Triple H. Triple H, a 14-time world champion, unfortunately Retired due to the heart issues that he had been dealing with that are hereditary. And Triple H also has a defibrillator now, so he can't wrestle. It's very sad. Michael Cole talked about how much Triple H meant to him in his career. Corey Graves did the same thing. So it was a beautiful thing. And fans, next week we will have a tribute to the career of Triple H right here. Unperched on the top rope. We go to a, a, a promo that Becky and Bianca are part of. <sighs> Becky attacks Bianca from behind after Bianca cuts a promo. She was going to cut Bianca's long hair. It's not real. But instead we see Becky get her hair cut as she ends up taking... Bianca's finisher, the KOD, not once, but twice. And she lost some hair along the way. I guess we're going to see Becky Lynch debut a new haircut. But then again, Bianca, if you need pointers on how to do a phenomenal haircut, go visit WWE Hall of Famer Brutus the Barber Beefcake. While you're at it, go to WOHW.com and get Brutus's Beefcake's Autobiography, written by Kenny Casanova. There's going to be another book that you can pick up soon, as I'm about to drop the announcement right here on Perched on the Top Rope. I am the ghostwriter for Mr. Curtis Hughes. Mr. Hughes is the first person to ever steal The Undertaker's urn. He's also a former butler of Triple H and a former manager of Y2J, 
Chris Jericho in 1999 in WWF. I gotta throw a shameless plug in here, guys. You know that. That's how I roll. Anyway, uh, WWE noted that Baron Corbin has been undefeated since winning the lottery and his luck had changed. I really think they mean that he hasn't been pinned because he lost tonight in a two-on-one handicap match with Madcap Moss as they took on Drew McIntyre. Early on in the match, Baron Corbin was like, nah, I'm not having any part of this. So Madcap Moss takes the L, gets pinned, and then, of course, after Baron Corbin, or Happy Corbin as they call him now, attacks Drew after the match. Cool, whatever. This brings us to the main event. Champions vs. Champions. The Raw Tag Team Champions RK Bro take on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Hoosos. This is a great match. I'm a big fan of tag teams. I was skeptical about how RK Bro would be because they're a throw together team, and I'm very adamant on how I feel about throw together teams. I'm not a big fan, but this team has grown on me. We also had Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs ringside. Now, this was a great main event. We would see RK Bro pick up the victory, but it wasn't because there was a clean pin or anything. The Street Profits would actually interfere and attack RK Bro. This would bring in Rick and Shinsuke Nakamura as Bogues and, and Shinsuke would actually attack the Usos. And then from here, with RK Bro and the Street Profits, it was literally RKO City for Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. Now, I know this was done in order to protect both tag teams as WrestleMania is coming up. They don't want to have either team get pinned, and that's fine. I was really, really hoping for like a clean finish to this match. We didn't get it. It's fine. I understand why, and it's because why I just said Mania is this weekend. You got to make the teams look good. You have one lose, then like what? Their momentum is gone going into Mania. It's not. It's not a good look. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is your WrestleMania Raw recap. Make sure you tune in for the rest of the week, as tomorrow, Justin Largito and I. We'll be discussing anything and everything WWE and AEW figure related as we are figure collectors, folks, and we've got some great stuff in store. Wednesday, we will have the AEW Dynamite discussion after AEW. Thursday, we will be holding a special tribute for Triple H as we also discuss and give our WrestleMania 38 predictions. That will be Justin, Alex, and I. And then Saturday, don't forget to tune in 
is you can listen to Ben from the Ozzy Lucian podcast, who joins me each and every Saturday as we have a new show called Heat Magnet. And it's all about who drew heat in the week of wrestling and why they drew heat. And boy, it's going to be a hot one. So dress appropriately. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you listen to this podcast and all our other podcast episodes. You can go anywhere and anywhere to find them. Apple Podcast, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, Red Circle, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. There are a ton of phenomenal video interviews from Dr. Tom Pritchard, Booker T., Rest in Peace Road Warrior Animal, Gilberg, Joe Hendry, and many, many more. You can also go to our Facebook pages. We are oh so close to that 10,000th like and follow. We're actually over 10,000 followers, but we're almost there for the likes. So go like our page on Facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. You can follow us on Twitter at PerchTopRope. You can find us on Instagram with nothing but hilarious memes and on this day photos in wrestling history at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. If you remember Selena scene from back in the day, then you will love our TikTok as we are starting to recreate some of the best Selena scenes involving the best WrestleMania footage that we can find. And if you want to see Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, get humped by a dog, that's there too. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out.